Welcome back after an extended hiatus to Nota Bene, everybody's favorite podcast. We are live from Hollywood, California. Oh my God, does it feel good to be in Los Angeles, Benjamin? Indeed, we're overlooking the city. We're in the beautiful, they call it the London West Hollywood Beverly Hills. Um, This isn't even the flats (laughs) of Beverly Hills. This is definitely West Hollywood. It is a fantastic suite they've put me in that looks like it was decorated in 1996. But, uh... You step out of the balcony and you can see the hills, you can see downtown, you can see the mountains. We're in L.A. It's Freeze Week, baby. It is Freeze Week, and we're going to get all into it. We are joined by Christine Massinio, the America's Director of the Freeze Art Fairs, in the second Big half guest. of this podcast. Big get for us, I got to say. Yeah. Uh, feeling good about that. I think we had a really nice convo. We're going to edit it together. Um, but yeah, we got a big freeze week ahead of us. We've had a couple big weeks behind us. Uh, you know, this hotel is what it is. It's no Browns. I was in the glorious Browns Hotel on, on Aubermile Street. There is no Browns in, in America. Mayfair. There is no Browns in America because I wasn't there. I was in Mayfair, London. W1, baby. Give me the lowdown. What was in Europe? What was in Europe? What wasn't there? I was just there to move some pictures around in a friend's uh, in a friend's workplace one in London, as one does, and uh, and hung out there. Got to see friend of the pod, Martin Klosterfeld. Unfortunately, couldn't get it to see uh, Locke Kressler, um, but went to see a couple of really wonderful, uh, mostly museum shows. There was some stuff in the galleries, but the museums were absolutely banging in London. Um, I just don't remember what any of it was, but I saw it all, and it was all Great. really, really good. Sure uh, was. Lynette, Lynette, Lynette Bochum, uh, uh at the Tate. Um, a convincing argument for that artist, maybe still not my favorite, but like a very chicly, chicly installed show. Um, but then I managed to, after popping by, seeing uh, the great, um, uh, seeing the great Sadie Cole's crew. Uh, they had a really awesome show up of um, Jonathan Lyndon Chase. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That was incredible. Wanted to check in a couple of pictures I was able to acquire for clients, and he did this incredible installation. But then I kind of forestall seeing many other galleries so that I could go out to the Camden Art Center, which confusingly isn't in camden town. no it's not in camden. no not at all no and i had never slept out that far uh to see this um to see the amazing muhammad salmi show uh really that was beyond convincing that was like a well worth the art adventure mm-hmm. and then you went somewhere else after london am i right yeah you know i had never been to well you know first i should go into like we had some really nice i had a really nice meal in london that i want to get into with martin yeah with martin he uh he was at a bit of a loss it was tough to get a reservation this was just last tuesday night wow it feels like a million years ago uh and, and a, a restaurant that i love to go to in private club where they seem to be confused and think that i'm a member uh quo Vadis over in soho oh, love uh, quo Vadis. love quo Vadis. oh yeah yeah, and they just like I just call them. They're like, oh yeah, of course, Mr. Gons, we'll seat you in the club level. I'm like, okay, every Great. time. Uh, fantastic, classic British cuisine, super, super nice. Uh, yeah, but early the next morning, I popped a quick flight over to Copenhagen in the the wonderful, tiny wonderful of Copenhagen. Never been there before. Might may or may not. I'll go back again. Um, oh yeah, a super fun, super super nice town. It was like cold. It was gray. It was dreary. It fit my mood. I was feeling alone and lonely, traveling alone. Did you dine at the Curse Noma? Uh, no, I did not dine at the Curse Noma. I didn't really make any like food plans, though I ended up, I don't have the name of it in front of me. Uh, the first day I just like saw all these historic museums, like some important, like very important Monet painting mm. um, and some other things. Um, but uh, just like did a quick Google and ended up at a classic, intense, fantastic kind of molecular gastronomy affiliated Mm -hmm. associated like very precise cuisine i ate very light i was eating alone um and that was actually incredible like you know like the most amazing couple bites of beef tartare i've ever had in my life wow 
um, hit me up on the DMs and I'll, I'll figure out what the name was. Uh, and then uh, the next day, I saw some more class guard and then headed like 40 minutes outside of town to the Louisiana Museum, uh, mm. which is a museum that had been on my bucket list. Uh, a friend had lent some pictures to Dana Schutz's stunning uh, mid-career ex- uh, retrospective uh, that was opening at Louisiana that night so I wanted to go check on them and celebrate Dana uh, and her friends it was a raucous good time so first I'm of all sure. this museum inc- incredible it, it really I know that the folks from the Byler actually visited there and and sort of used some of the the kind of s- similar sort of sighting in a park like environment so this one's on the on the water on the sea there I know that Mitch Rails when designing Glenstone in Potomac Maryland uh, cites Louisiana as one of the inspirations for for that museum along with the Byler uh, and it's supposed to be one of the most beautiful museums on earth. It's be- it's hard to even say why it has all different sorts of spaces and shapes all built into this peninsula overlooking the sea at certain points. They had an incredible show of German Weimar Republic era art. Oh, let's go. It was like Otto Dix and then a whole bunch of people I'd never s- heard of before. It was sexy as all get out. It was dark because you like you knew mm-hmm. like the shadow that was cast over all this we, work. We know what the shadow yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was like that was like a, re- a, axo- a- absolute revelation to me. Uh, there's also a Richard Prince show there. Uh, including uh, right. some uh, some nurse paintings. Uh, it was probably close to 200 works by Richard, all, as the wall text pointed out, uh, courtesy of the artist studio. <laughs> and I'm sure already circulating in the market from what I hear. Wow, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah it was, proof that what you will, I it guess. Was, it, was, it was classic RP behavior. I really liked it. Um, and one of his rare um, cowboy, kind of cowboy boy sculptures, which was really nice. Uh, and then, um, <laughs> Christ, I mean, it feels silly to even talk about. We have so much to get to, but this room that was just Giacometti and Lucian Freud. Oh my God! Just like yeah, yeah. I mean, just like masterpieces, just kind of hanging out together. NBD so overlook overlooking like the gardens. It was really, Woo! really, yeah. That's how it felt. And then Dana's show, which was just fucking killer. I mean, she's probably the greatest representational painter of her generation. Mm-hmm. I think friend of the pod, Dana. You know, she's a big fan of the pod. She, she, is. she, yeah. she like embraces. Like, oh, I love the podcast. I, I like, know. Shit, it's, I should have slept this. Gives me a little butterflies when she says that me. to me. Yeah, me too. Like in front of the curator of the show, and he was like, "Well, what's a fucking podcast?" Um, yeah, the, the Danes they don't have podcasts over there yet. No, no, not not a. It didn't seem like a big thing. No, no one had heard of Nota Bene other than Dana there. Um, but uh, there was some great American collectors, Carlo Branzini Vendor, who was mm. one of the uh, who's been a great uh, collector of Dana's since like day one, and was one of the funders of the exhibition. Was on site. Um, who else? It was a, a bunch of you know all sorts of a random assortment. And so we had this great opening. They gave a talk, uh, uh, Dana and the curator um, uh, Anders, who's like a super uh, witty and amusing fellow, uh, about one painting in particular. Um, this incredible. I I don't have the title in front of me, and I'm going to botch it. I'm sorry, Dan. Now that I now that I realize she's listening to. Me, say this like you know how can i talk about the work right like it, i'm sure it's incredible well, i saw i'm, I'm gonna know. leave it aside but i will say there's a, a bodiness but also an elegance and, and and an awkwardness but also it's all somehow resolved while still being awkward in a way that i find enrapturing and i can't think of anyone else any contemporary that's doing quite the same thing mm-hmm. i mean the pi- the pictures often look wrong at first glance but get they're harmonious and kind of hang there really lovely um but really, a really, really challenging work, and really looked good in it. And it spanned the years, and it wasn't like hung chronologically or anything like that. So you got to see commonalities, even as this, even as she developed, and the way she made works changes. You see commonalities of language and palette, uh, and just kind of bravado uh, throughout it all. So that was cool. Great show. Beautifully put. Beautifully Din- put. Dinner was 
banging. I'm not talking about the food, like the people there. Which it was is, at the, at was, the museum. Yeah, Andy Robert is there. We oh, got, sick. Like, you know, it's seated, so I'm getting real nervous. Like I don't, I know like four people out of like the hundred people here, right? So we walk down, run into former, former, former guest of the pod, Pilar Corius. Ah, uh, Hey, she, I guess she, you know, she's she's dating. Uh, 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 her sweetheart is a Scandi uh, mm-hmm. with a gallery based in Oslo. Uh, so she knows all these people. She's introducing me. She's like, oh, you got to check this out. Takes me into the director, the long time, like 30 year director of Louisiana Museum's office. Wow. And listeners, listeners, hashtag goals, man. I'm never, it was the most scandied out motherfucking thing you've ever seen. Oh it's built God. onto the water. Like literally you walk out onto a dock. If you slide the slide is the end of it. It's just a desk with a laptop, a few papers, a couple of like, it wasn't Royer, but Royer asked like very comfortable couches. Well, it looked like a big dog bed, but it's maybe for people and like a very minimalist fireplace. That's based on oh, a, gra- a baby grand piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just because. And then the stormy fucking Scandi Sea outside. Uh, really, it was. It, I I've had occasion to be in a, a couple or even several billionaires' offices over the years. Um, this was the nicest office I've ever seen. Wow, so sick. Definitely different than Lisa Phillips' office at the New Museum when I was working there. <laughs> Not quite as scandied out. Yeah, just a little, it was a little different. Um, so that was a really, really nice event. And then uh, I'll leave it there for my adventures. Uh, and now here we are in LA. What about you? You've been out here for a week. You've been, been you've been putting in the work. What's going on? Been out here for a week. Uh, had a little bit of fun in New York. Uh, shout out to um, Stefan Bondel who opened at the Vito Schnabel Gallery in the night before I left. Really fun party at Vito's Pad. Oh, that's and a hell of a Palazzo pad, Chupi. Everyone's in attendance. There was there was smoking inside. There was Italian food. It was fun. I mean, it was Vito really fun. He must have been jet lagged himself because he was just profiled about his gallery in Switzerland in mm-hmm. the weekend's FT. He was. I, I thought great profile. He's really really great tips. Very generous uh, with his recommendations. You know, you know Vito is like a really generous human being, and this I say that true. with like like a, a full and open heart. Like he's like one of the kindest people for someone who's like kind of operates at relatively high echelons of the art world like he's like he's a real he's a real mensch he really is he really takes the time to just you know converse with 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 any everyone you know um and i know he's opening a show in santa monica at a beautiful space in the old post office uh downtown santa monica this thursday check it out oh i didn't know about Mm -hmm. that interesting um so we did that flew uh to a wedding in phoenix actually it's fine then got to Los Angeles, and I've been just you know pounding the pavement here, Benjamin. I've seen shows, Freddie Kunas, great show at uh, the Bob Poe Gallery, fantastic. Um, the, I want to see that. I've mm-hmm. seen nothing. Michael Williams and Huma Baba at Kordansky was excellent, as long as well as the Richard Tuttle exhibition in the smaller space at David Kordansky Gallery. A nice chat with Dave. Talked about the dead, you know. Oh, as like, one as one does. You yeah. hang out in his office mm-hmm. with dead oh, paraphernalia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah. amazing. Uh huh. Um, I mean, there's so much to see. Henry Taylor show at okay, MoCA. Okay, so this is my one thing. If I see nothing else, and I'm sorry to all you gallerists, I'll try and make it to as much as I can. Time is already ticking. I feel like, but that is the one thing I need to see. Tell me about it. Well, so as you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of Henry Taylor. As are you, old friends with Henry. There has not been a show that has broadcasted his genius as well as this one. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about the the breadth of work, though that's certainly the case. There's a ton of work, a lot of work that's never really been shown, a lot of the classics, um, you know, work that was in the Whitney Biennial a few years ago. Um, one of my favorite works is in the, the collection of the National Museum at Duke University, painting of David Hammonds selling snowballs. Um, hell yeah, hell yeah. Hammonds the, a you said the Jesse Owens holiday. picture, isn't it? Jesse Owens, yeah. That's I mean that's mm-hmm. one of the that's one of my favorite paintings of the of the 21st century ever. It's unbelievable. It's I incredible. mean 
it's it's really a tour de force and you know I'm saying this as a fan of Henry's I was surprised by how powerful it was you know um and mocha and, and bennett and the whole team did a really good job putting it together um, i think that's that's gonna be early in the show we're gonna go see uh we're gonna go see uh first thing tomorrow depending on what we see today uh i really want to go to this gallery called gaylord the gaylord apartments i went show of georgina gardner gray georgia gardner gray yeah I went to the opening. It was a really fun opening, Benjamin. Let me tell you. Uh, instead of your your shitty wine or beer, as you would expect at a small gallery like this, there were gin and tonics, vodka sodas. Everyone was dressed up. It was quite the affair. It was packed. It was during the day from three to six, which I thought was quite classy. Actually, Georgia was there. She's she's a she's a hoot. She's so much so much fun. Paintings look fantastic. Got to get to the Gaylord Department. Shout out Joseph Gigan for. Hosting us at your yeah, who is he? I mean, I, I I have to admit that I I acquired a couple of paintings on behalf of clients from the exhibition. So oh, I'm great keen to see it in, in real life. Um, Wonderful. What's his background? Do we know this guy? Joseph? Yeah, yeah he's an old putty. Um, you know, I met him through a friend of the pod, Alex Shulin, back in the day when we were just hanging out as kids in New York. Great artist. Uh, last show of his I saw was at the James Fuentes Gallery, maybe four or five years ago. Okay. Quite he's, a, quite a coup to get a show by her uh, in his gallery, I would think. Totally. I mean, um. She's just, you know, an old friend. Um, you know, she's been based in Berlin the last few years, but just moved to New York. Um, uh, Georgia actually shared that she's listened to the podcast to get some recommendations on where to eat in New York, which I, I found very, very. Uh, I love it when uh, artists listen. We don't have a lot of artist guests on because you know we're just not that serious. But uh, I love it. I love it when they. Yeah, listen. But Georgia is a friend of the pod. Great show. Definitely check it out. Uh, I know they're doing a little soiree. Tomorrow and night. Then, uh, another kind of smaller show that I'm really interested to see is one that was organized by my colleague, Daisy Sanchez. Daisy, what's the name of the gallery that your show is at? It's called Castle Gallery. Castle Gallery. Nate knows. Nate has the 411 mm-hmm. uh, that looks super interesting. In this guy, it's in this guy's house, which I think is very cool. It's like a house gallery, which I'm always a big fan of. Incidentally, um, there was an article about Castle Gallery in Vanity Fair uh, written by a friend of the pod and fellow podcaster, Chris Black. Uh so this has oh, been put on the oh. map via my publication. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Via, via the real cool kids. Wow, mm-hmm. Daisy. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, love, love to see it. Mm-hmm. Love so to see it. Uh, I have not yet made it uh, to Daisy's show, but I very much am planning on going. Uh, and because uh, I haven't been to Castle, we'll, di- we'll dial up the black right from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all sorts of, and then we have all sorts of stuff we're looking forward to. Maybe we'll do an after action next week. I'll be I down think we're going to have to. I don't even want to get into. We no one wants to hear about our diary of what we're planning on doing. I don't think. I, I think we'll we'll save that for next week. Uh, is there anything else that that I've seen that that I haven't mentioned? I went to LACMA, saw the shows there, saw the progress of the building. It's in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, very contentious building project by Peter Zumthor, great architect of a spa mm-hmm. in Val, Switzerland. So we'll see how he does with this building. I mean, it's coming along. Yeah, you know, it's right. coming we'll, along. We'll, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um. You know, th- there's a number of galleries that are about to have LA po- outposts that are not opening uh, as of yet. The David Zwerner Gallery not quite ready yet, so mm-hmm. they've known that for a while that it wasn't going to be ready. A uh, Listen Gallery highly anticipated. They're doing a little pop up show, but um. Uh, their space that they did a big party for last year at this time, a former uh, kind of gay sex club, is mm-hmm. not quite ready yet. So that'll be in April, I believe. House mm-hmm. on Verth is supposed to be opening their new West Hollywood space with a big exhibition of George Condo, Market Darling. Mm-hmm. I know someone, our, our recent guest, Ralph DeLuca, collects a lot. And, oh, yeah. You know, every every new-to-art client with tons of money's one of their first purchases is a George Condo. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that that show, uh, you know, they were trying to get people in to do little previews over the past couple of days, but the building does not yet, from what I understand, have a certificate of occupancy. They can't get people in there yet. They're really hustling to get that stamp of approval. 
Oh my goodness, the stress. Oh, my 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 thoughts and prayers go out to all those kinds. We just want to see the show, and I think that by tomorrow everything should be sorted. So if you're listening to this, it's probably open. <laughs> that's that's more hopeful than with any fact, but uh, that is what it is. And then, as we mentioned, we just came from a wonderful tennis event. I did, I, I fought through some physical maladies, including uh, all sorts of intense jet lag, in order to get out for the first time since September with my stick. Uh, played like shit, but that's okay. That's it was okay. all for a good cause. Who else was playing? Uh, we had uh, I saw Michael Sherman was there, mm-hmm. uh, great great collector and uh, fellow trustee on, on on a board with me. Uh, I saw William Hathaway from Night Gallery. He gets some stroke, man. Kidd's got some game. I mean, uh, if you live out here, you know, you hopefully your tennis yeah. game is pretty good. Saw, you play year uh, round. I saw. Um, uh, Vajra uh, mm-hmm. uh, and her beau, uh, Mr. Keith Rivers himself, number four. Did 55. Keith get out in the court? Oh yeah, he was playing. I didn't. So, I didn't see them that much. I hear. I hear he has some game. I mean, he's a former professional athlete. So one would think football's his, different than tennis. Yeah, but you know, physical prowess is physical prowess. Sure, sure. Um, I bet you he has a little bit of power. He's a, he's, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. He's a, he's a muscular dude, man. True. And one of the nicest, kindest people around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think who uh, Erica. Obviously, Samuels, who along with me and Colin Ramo, kind of uh, brainstormed this idea. Uh, I had nothing to do with actual coming to fruition because I'm more of an ideas guy. These are executors. But they credit executed. where credit's due, Benjamin, it was packed. It was, the, it was a the great The food event. was good. Uh. You know, the, the iced tea was flowing. It was it was a really, really yeah, fun Yeah, I event. saw Netta Young there. I, I saw mm-hmm. all sorts of people. I mean, to uh, Alex, uh, Alex from uh, Listen was there. Who else? I Gordon mean, Cohen was there. Gordon Cohen, certainly. Big friend, fan of the pod. I have a hat for you, Glory. I couldn't find you at, uh, at the event. We have a hat for you. Um, and uh, who else? It was fun. It was good. There was some music. There was some, you know, <laughs> some, some of the most Blanco Mexican food I've ever seen served at this private tennis club. But it was tasty. Yeah. yeah I mean, it looked tasty. I un- unfortunately um, went to Air One before, as I have almost every day for lunch. And, Look at you, big spender. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Filling up on some marijuana. Yeah, I mean, print those, be careful with them print budget, buddy. <laughs> um, and what else? You know, LA is kind of curse. Listen, the, Ur- the Ubers are just terrible. The Uber X's, they all smell too much for me. And the Uber Blacks are super expensive. Um, so the, the really trick is to rent a car and drive. I just haven't had time to even go pick up the rental car that I'm paying for. That's just how much is going on. It's yeah. all going on. I haven't even seen an AR yet. I think we're going to go uh, hit the ground running. I need to jump in the shower. I'm feeling a little stinky. My back is killing me. My body's giving out, you know, even though I have a, you know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. There's so much to do. Um, coming up is is Christine. She very generously took some time out of her incredibly, incredibly busy schedule running the fair. It was great to see her. I mean, she's like an old, old friend. I've known mm-hmm. her through many iterations, and to see her thriving at the top of her game, living her best life, as they say, uh, she was a pretty fun guest. She was she was she was down to to hang out. I exactly. Like we could have gone forever, but she just doesn't have the time. No. Who uh, does? I appreciate it for the time we did get. All right, that's all it from Nate and I. Stay tuned for more. And just after this, we're gonna have Christine Messinio. Welcome back to Nota Bene, live from the Los Angeles Tennis Club. Oh, it is just a fantastic tennis club, isn't it, Benjamin? Yeah, and we're joined by a very special guest in perhaps the busiest week of her year, one of the busiest weeks of her year, Christine Massinio, the director of Freeze Americas. Christine, it is so awesome to have you on the podcast. This is a treat. Well, thank you so much for inviting me and for figuring out a way that we could do this in the midst of like tennis balls flying 
helping non-for-profits in we, Los Angeles. Right. We have to shout out Artadia, who generously had this event today, this tennis tournament that Benjamin, I think you participated in. How did you I play? did participate. It was an idea that we started in the summer, and uh, I thought that it was just another one of my silly ideas, but these people execute, which I don't <laughs> do, and it was super fun. It was a nice thing. I think we, you and I will get into this maybe later on, yeah. or in the intro of the pod. We will have just spoken about this We, in the we just spoke about this, uh, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> it was a really it. fascinating conversation that I'm sure you all enjoyed, but I think we have limited time, Christine, so I want to say, what's up? We got Freeze coming up in like three days. Are you ready? Yeah, the fair opens on Thursday. That it does. I just came from the site, you know, where we have a giant tent that we've built. And right now we are installing all of the public art projects, which is this year is curated by Casey Fremont and Art Production Fund. Mm. And it's a series of... Friend of the pod, Casey Fremont. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, Talk about executing. Exactly. Mm. We've got like a giant Chris Burden sculpture that sits as high as the Barker hangar. It's going to like welcome you to the site as you get dropped off in your ride share. Best way to get there. Is that the way we're getting to the fair this year? That's how I'm getting there. (laughs) Okay. I just want to, because you know, it's it's always fun to get around Los Angeles. So I'm not driving. There's no valet. I'm taking the Uber. Mm -hmm. Maybe with a couple buddies to save on gas so that, you know, we're protecting the environment. Yeah, I mean, we, it's thoughtful we of you. yeah, I would recommend that. We do have some parking on site, but it is limited. So if you desperately need to drive on over, pre-book your parking. Okay, good helpful, to know. Helpful. This is why we're here for service journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our production fund. They're doing crazy, you know, public yeah. art things Installs on site as we speak. Yeah, we are wrapping an airplane. It's being oh towed from another hangar onto the um into the section it's between so our production fund is essentially activating the sites between our east and west galleries Mm -hmm. so between what is the tent and then barker hangar and you in that walk will hit depending on the time of day potentially eight artworks wow one of them that's gonna you cannot miss is as you walk closer to the tent there are three athletic fields soccer fields and we commissioned an artist to design a soccer ball a lake shilling mm-hmm. who you may know who's based here had a studio in santa monica for a long time works in ceramics and it's really playful animations and kind of like cartoony kitschy looking um figures and she's created this thing called the buggy ball and um we are hosting a series of scrimmages on site on the athletic fields and we're working with lafc on that so we are going to have like the real professionals leading us on okay, soccer so it's scrimmages not like, it's not like art dealers uh uh playing against each other like it's not max and the boys art dealers are more than welcome to join i hope okay. everyone packed their cleats and if they haven't yet left yet bring them on site and plan to join the scrimmages. Will your significant other be playing? Because he had quite a storied uh, <laughs> footy history, as I recall. I wish. He's just giving me tips on, like, you know. So you're going to play. <laughs> I hope to at least be cheering from the sidelines. Okay, okay. That's, so that's, that's something that's, to look yeah. forward to. And what's nice about it is, like, you know, it's Sunday afternoon is one of the times you can come drop your kids off, you know, have them play in the scrimmages and go check out art. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime I can drop the kids off, like, I'm pretty. I'm pretty yeah, that sounds pretty it. ideal. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this is the first year you guys will be uh, at the Santa Monica Air- mm-hmm. Airport at what's the name of the building? Barker Hangar. Barker Hangar. So Barker. well, actually, what I think is an important distinction is Barker Hangar is one of our two sites. Mm-hmm. So we are actually building a tent this year. It's built. Actually, it's already done. We take tenancy weeks ahead of time. Who designed this tent? Coolapod. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know him. Him doing an art world job? I can't imagine. <laughs> Oh, Shout it's out Coolapot and Y, the, you know, the, the friendliest architect in the art world. Definitely the friendliest. Yeah, great supporter. And great gets, dancer, too. And, mm-hmm. and gets what, you know, how we need to move people through, but also gets the contemporary art world. So it's this, like, Absolutely. great line. And so can we expect the kind of experience we've grown used to in the freezes from around the world and that it's full of light, natural light, kind of casting through this opaque tent. Mm. We can really see the art and a much more breathable space than we might be used to in other sort of art fair environments. Exactly. That natural light just like sings in Los Angeles. And this will be your first year in Santa Monica after doing the past Mm -hmm. two years in kind of the West Hollywood Mm area-ish, right? West Hollywood and then Beverly Hills Mm -hmm. and now Santa Monica Airport. Next year, you guys are going to have to build some pontoons Manifest to float out in the, in the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get any further west, cruise man. Ships, cruise ships. Ooh. Cruise ships. Oh. <laughs> I've always thought of an art fair on a cruise no. ship. Um, You're other, trapped. I'll get a little the, triangle what, status there. Is there anything particularly exciting about the site? And just... Uh, above and beyond the special projects and stuff like that, you're like, oh, this really makes sense for us. Like, this feels right as you're walking around the space and the area. Well, we could grow the fair a bit. Okay. And I think one of the places we've done that really well is actually in our focus section, Mm -hmm. you know, which is galleries younger than 12 years. This year, again, Amanda Hunt is returning alongside Sonia Tamadon. And there will be 19 galleries. So this almost double from last year. Amazing. And it is a place of discovery. I think people really rely on it um, for what what people are, like what artists are making right now. And it's been kind of a feeder for the main fair. If we look back at the history of this section in Los Angeles specifically, you know, five or six of the galleries that started off there are now in the main fair. And we have like 50% of the galleries are owned by people of color. It, it's going to be a place that I think will change what we can do at Freeze. Um, just kind of, I think about this in New York and I think Los Angeles as well and, and London. So kind of three of the main cities you do fairs. There's such a great existing gallery ecosystem and there's so much to see here as well as museums and stuff. Um, how do you see the fair fitting within that context so it becomes something that's additive that people you know want to return to um and kind of plays off that because i think it can be quite a struggle but i'm sure that you've thought really deeply about kind of how the fair is situated amongst people's time and and the existing art that's here sure i mean it's i think people rely on us as a global kind of fair and there are people who continually travel and visit for freeze. So I know our kind of LA community count on it as a place where there's an influx of major collectors, of institutional groups who will then not only come to the fair, but spend, you know, the entire week in Los Angeles exploring the institutions, exploring our galleries, exploring our non-for-profits. And I think people really see that as crucial to the success of Freeze and Los Angeles. Yeah, and then you also have the additional constituency of locals that are just art enthusiastic publics. I know on at the towards the weekend when the VIP days are over, I mean, you get a ton of locals that get experience and exposure to global galleries that don't yet at least have outposts here in Los Angeles. So I think that's exciting for the local mm. population probably. Totally. 
How do you think that, that, that the city of Los Angeles has changed in the five years since Freeze announced that this fair would be taking place? Because, I mean, the obvious, you know, thing is to say, well, there's a lot of new galleries, galleries from Europe, New York, opening outposts here. But, you know, more than that, it's just, you know, I've never experienced Los Angeles this teeming with things to see, things to do in the art world. It's, you know, and how is the fair, you know, and, and the fair success pretty much, you know, uh, you know objective true success how's that played into the development of the art world in the city sure i think that there's a really interesting story that i want to tell um and that is part of something that we've not done before in freeze los angeles and that is a collaboration and partnerships that we're doing with mocha and we will actually have on site a simone forti performances so she will be she will be there a couple of days but also we will have huddle being performed on the athletic field. And that is, I think, and simultaneously, she has her major show that opened at MoCA. Which I've seen, and it is unmissable, as well as the other show in that MoCA, Henry Taylor's show. I haven't made it to the Geffen yet, but but MoCA on Grand Avenue is insane It's right insane. Now. You can't miss it. And it's like an L.A. legend. And here mm-hmm. we are able to activate something that, you know, has this kind of institutional connection on site at the fair. That's really and I, I didn't know that. That's really, really smart to extend the institution and the link between the fair and what's happening in the institutions here in L.A. That's very, very cool. And it gets people to both places. You know, you go to the fair, you see the performance. You're like, I need to see the other constructs. Mm-hmm. And you head over and you can see some of those performances yeah, the, over the, at MoCA. That's a new thing for me. I don't think I've ever seen that at a major fair at least obviously though oftentimes if there's a big retrospective in the same town there'll be pieces on the booths of their representative galleries but i've never seen really a, a, a project-based thing yeah. and very, i'm very hopeful cool. that that's something that we can continue to expand on um so for new people you know coming to the fair for the first year in santa monica like myself i used to spend time in santa monica it's been years since it's mm-hmm. been one of my home bases mm-hmm. in, in in la I on the far I've west side i originally met you when you were doing that yeah yeah for sure um what are some places we should eat and drink outside the fair? I know you guys obviously have your famous, like world famous sure. fantastic food and beverage program. Are there any spots yeah, you've I discovered? I just want to emphasize that yeah. again. Yeah. There yeah. is a strong food and beverage. Yeah, give presence. some shout outs. Okay, yeah, do, do that first. At, what do we got? Fair, so what make sure you come. So actually right in front of the tent, there are a series of different restaurants. There'll be picnic benches. We also have our non-for-profits. We have rep club, reparations bookshop, which will wow. be doing a pop-up there. Um, so there there, you know, we wanted to have places where people can like relax outside, have a drink. Ruben Ochoa is presenting yeah. um, a series of tamales trucks. Oh, oh hell yeah. Probably fire. Which are going to be delicious. And actually, Ruben's amazing. One of the first people I ever met when I came to Los Angeles was Ruben Ochoa. This was maybe 15 years ago. Wow. And I met him. He picked me up from the airport. This is like the strength of like Ruben, the kindness, the generosity. He actually picked me up at LAX, you know, wow. n- major move. I mean, that's like, yeah. for those who don't know, that's, I wouldn't do that for anyone really, yeah. other than my yeah. wife. Exactly. It's family members only typically. Um, he picked me up and then we toured a series of different like taco locations and tamalian locations throughout LA. And we drove around for like two and a half hours sampling. So like, this wow. is a man who knows. It's also I'm getting a little hot and bothered right like, now just thinking about family it. Family history. Um, you know, his parents used to sell tortillas out of a van. That van is going to, you know, he turned it into an art gallery. That that van is going to be parked on site and you can check it out by the tamales trucks. Sick. 
I love to hear it. I love to hear it. So that, that, you know what? You don't even need to go outside the fair to eat. And that, leave, that makes my question kind of move. So I want to ask, just kind of like pull back a little bit um, more macro. I've known you for years through mm-hmm. various iterations, working at galleries and doing other things. Uh, I think you're coming up this year, your second, almost your third full year as, as being on the Freeze team. Um, it's like a year and a Year and a half. A year and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. How are you finding being a fair director? Nothing about freeze in particular. Like, what is it? What are surprises? What What is a key part of the job that you didn't think would be so important to you? Great question, Beth. Well, I think what I've enjoyed so much is it's like reengaged curiosity and learning. Like, I got very. I know what the gallery world is like. You are very limited in terms of the artists that you get to work with, in terms of the ambition of scale. And it's just so much more expansive in this framework. I can go to artists who I've always dreamed about working with, but I've never had the opportunity to with some of the programming that we do across all of the fairs. And I, I love it. Great answer. Great question. Great yeah. answer. That's all I got. What do you, what do you well, have to make, I, I, just In general, like, you know, something that I've been talking to people since I've been here, I've been here a week, which has been amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got to really soak up the L.A. vibes. You know, the collector base in Los Angeles has always been strong, you know, for forever and ever. Um, but it seems that, that it's really expanded um, in the last few years since Freeze got here, really. Um, and I'm just, like, asking you, you know, as you look over you know, who's coming on the VIP day, mm-hmm. like, has the, the collector base in Los Angeles, like, is it growing? Is it, you know, strengthening? Like, you know, are you seeing new people coming in and buying things at the fair and, and or at least just coming in and are very interested? What's the collector base like here and how has it changed since sure, the fair got here? Sure, we have our kind of, like, icons that mm-hmm. we know that are part of, like, that are ingrained in our, the institutions as we as we know well but I do think that there is a whole new world of collectors here there you know there's this like rumble of Mm -hmm. art that I think started like six or seven years ago you know I think when I was first coming to LA and working here Um, and I think what we've seen is that people are just more sophisticated in what they're interested in engaging with. They've also now gotten to know maybe some of their focus galleries. They've made their kind of initial purchases of younger emerging. And now they're like, wait, how do I begin to develop the collection? How do I look at the generation just beyond that and begin to incorporate that into my collecting? Yeah, I mean, I I think art fairs can be tremendously useful, especially for collectors that are just beginning to develop their language and their lingua franca to see so many different things all in one place and compare and contrast styles, uh, makers, prices even. And I think it's a great educational facility for especially new collectors, um, you know. I think um, so too. And interestingly enough, in LA, we see a lot of solo or dual presentations. Mm -hmm. Um, So that gives a chance for there to be a level of education that you may not be able to have at another location um all right i mean we we all got a ton to do there's a ton of art to see you have a fair are the, are the galleries installing right now are they are they they have access there's a couple of got but mostly people start installing tomorrow we have to right. start like large-scale projects that require some heavy tracking and so for and the next like seven days we'll only see you with a walkie-talkie strapped to your hip right <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask <laughs> you for for highlights from the fair but i guess it's not fully installed yet plus you can't play she favorites can't pick favorites yeah. come on yeah i know that's <laughs> an unfair ask but there are a lot there's a lot to be excited for all right well i'm going through the pdfs now we have daisy on the couch next <laughs> To us. Uh, we're going to get to work. We're going to go do some transacting. Yeah. Thank you so much for making Thank time. you so much for coming on the good pod. Friend. Yeah. Makes me so happy and, to and get to do this. Shout out to Carolyn Ramo for providing us the yeah, space. Thank yeah, thank you, Carolyn and Artadia, for bringing us together over tennis. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, game on. Nota bene. Out. Out.